All right, welcome in. It's Vikings Vet Line on Score North and the Score North app. Also, live video streaming on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. My name is Phil Mackey. That is Manny Hill. AJ Fredrickson taking your phone calls on the other side of the glass here. And let's just throw the numbers out 651 646 8255. 651 646 8255. The lines are lighting up right now. So uh, once people start to drop off, you know the drill. Get in there with that phone number. And uh, give us your thoughts. Now, Manny, this was, I was just saying to you, as Anderson Deho picked off that final pass and uh, finally put the Detroit Lions to bed here, a ton of garbage time yards for the Lions offense. This was the closest blowout game I can remember the Vikings playing (laughs) in quite some time. The final score was 20-7, to and the Lions almost scored a touchdown to make it like 20-14. to This felt like a 52-3 to game the entire time. The Vikings did exactly what they had to do against a poorly coached, bad Lions team with a third-string undrafted quarterback. It was a get-well game on every single front, and now they can move forward uh, and attempt to run the table, which I think they might have to do if they want to win this division. I think they have to win their next three games, but this was exactly what they had to do today. Yeah, and the Detroit Lions totally looked like a 3-8-1, now 3-9-1 football team today. They are bad. They are not good. And uh, and the Vikings did did enough today to, to sort of put themselves in a position where you never really felt like the Lions ever had a chance to win the game. And that's that's I think the most important thing. It's you know, 20 to 7, it's it's easy to sort of look at things and say, well, you know, they should have beaten them 45 to 7, but it kind of felt like they were beating them 45 to 7 even though the yeah. final score didn't didn't uh didn't reflect that. Um but yeah, they they did everything. I thought Kirk Cousins played really well today. Stefan Diggs was a factor. Dalvin Cook was solid. I think they they clearly had him on a on a touch. I guess a pitch count or a touch uh, restriction. Um, he had 18 carries for 62 yards, but they also you know they also got Alexander Madison involved heavily in the game plan today too. So this just felt like get in, get out as healthy as we possibly can and get ready for the Chargers yeah, next week until garbage time. The Vikings held the Lions to two yards per play through yeah. like the first almost three full quarters. Just a complete dominating performance. Kirk Cousins, 24 of 30 for 242 and a touchdown. And uh, we have full phone lines here. We're going to get to Taylor, Dan, John, Titus. Uh, actually, one just dropped. 651-646-8255. And uh, I want to pose this question because there's not a whole lot to vent about. By all means, if you have something to vent about off this game, bring it to us. We are here for you for the next hour or so. On Vikings vent line. But here's the question I want to pose. What needs to happen in the next three weeks? You got the Chargers on the road, which is a kind of a road game. Not really. I mean, it's like <laughs> the least road game of all road games in the NFL. And then home against the Packers, home against the Bears. The Packers did hold on to win uh, against Washington today. They did not look great, but they won the game today. What needs to happen the next four, uh, three weeks for you to feel good about the Vikings' chances to win a Super Bowl? And I will say... Win your next three games for one, because I think you. I don't. I don't think you can win the Super Bowl if you have to play three road games as a wild card team. And there's a chance they might be a twelve and four wild card team yeah. if the Packers don't lose a non Vikings game. I think you have to run the table in the regular season and then hope that that's enough to win your division, so you can play at least one game inside that house of horrors, U.S. Mm-hmm. Bank Stadium, which the Vikings are on another level in. Let's go to the phone lines here, Manny Hill. Taylor in San Francisco, let's start us off in the Bay Area. What would you think of that Vikings win over the Lions? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, um, hey man. 
Hey, first time caller. I've been bike fan for about ten years. Been listening to you guys for two years. Uh, just kept pushing it off, but finally decided to call. Welcome, nice. dude. Thanks for calling. Nice. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'll get to your question in a sec. Um, I actually do kind of have something to vent about a little bit. Um, sure. It, this this game is a little bittersweet. Uh, obviously, it was great because for the first time this entire season, we made a rookie quarterback look like a rookie QB, yeah. which is huge. Um, but my biggest thing is, do you guys ever feel like Zimmer is more reactive with his defensive adjustments than proactive? Like, give an example. Obviously, Eagles defense, uh, when we played them in the NFC Championship, like, we just got destroyed defensively. We go in 2018 season, next six games, there's no adjustments. And it's clear that our defense is nowhere near the caliber. We lose to the Rams. He finally adjusted because the media – it's just pouring it down his throat that Zimmer, something needs to change. And I don't know. I, he clearly made some really good defensive adjustments. Rhodes obviously had a snap count. That helped. Um, Holton Hill saw more action. I finally saw those adjustments, but it just felt a week too late. You know? I, we had a bye week to do it. I wanted to see them do that in Seattle. And I just felt like Zimmer always waits to the last possible second yeah. to be like, all right, you know what? Everything's stacked against me. Media's against me. My team's against me. My reporters are against me. I have to change. And it's just, dude, if you were this proactive on your defense, I have no doubt in my mind we would have beat Chase Daniel in Chicago, and we definitely would have beat Matt Moore in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, hey, Taylor, thanks for the uh, first-time call. Don't make it the last time you call, too, all right? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. And real quick, guys, just want to say, if we can keep that defensive adjustment going, that's the key to going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think the offense can hold its ground. If we can keep that and Zimmer doesn't go back to his old ways, I think that's our best shot. So. And I, oops, I cut him off on his last sentence there. But um, so here, I'm, I'm sort of torn because it's hard to say that, oh, the defensive adjustments from last week to this week worked because look right. what happened today. I mean, it's. You went from Russell was, Wilson to David Blau. Right. It was the Lions. <laughs> like, like, you don't have to apologize for it. Yeah. And, and again, you did what you had to do. And I'm, I don't think there's anything to criticize defensively today. Uh, but what I did like is, and I don't have the snap counts in front of me here. Somebody will come out with that after the game. I love that Xavier Rhodes was no longer just the guy who's out there for all of the series. Yeah. So Xavier Rhodes started, played the first series, and then Mike Hughes played the second series and had a, a big-time pass breakup on third down. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we can see of Mike Hughes and the more we can see Xavier Rhodes on kind of a pitch count, you know, I don't think you have to just be done altogether with Xavier Rhodes. He's on your team. He's highly paid. He's a veteran. Um, he forced a fumble last week against Seattle. I mean, there's things he can still do. But it seems like Mike Zimmer has come to terms with, all right, this isn't like put him out there for 70 snaps and just he's just out there as an mm-hmm. anchor anymore. Uh, he's clearly being rotated and platooned with with Mike Hughes, as was the case today. Yeah, I mean, this this is what you have to do if you're a head coach of a football team. This is what you have to do. You have to... Unfortunately, make difficult decisions, even when you don't want to have to make those decisions. And one of them, one of these decisions that Mike Zimmer has to make, or maybe today he showed that he has made that decision, is to have less and less of Xavier Rhodes out there on the field and more Mike Hughes and more Holton Hill. I mean, Holton Hill, yeah, he was undrafted, but he was undrafted because of off-the-field stuff. And he came, they brought him in here last year. He played well late in the season last year when they had him in there. And 
Obviously, he put the team in a very difficult spot by getting himself suspended with multiple suspensions, and he missed the first half of the year. But they obviously kept him around. How many guys do you see get suspended like that, especially undrafted guys, and get kept around? Yeah, they, yeah, for sure. So they, there's a reason why Holton Hill is still with the Vikings, because they like him, because they there's talent there. But for some reason, when he was back, Mike Zimmer still didn't play him because he wanted to stick it. He wanted to stick with with Xavier Rhodes. And sometimes you got to make those tough decisions. And to the caller's point, I mean, you just wonder if if Mike Zimmer made that decision, uh, you know, a week a week too late because it would have been nice to see Holton Hill more in yeah. Seattle last week. And by the way, I'm on the record. I said this the day after the Seattle loss. I know that defense was the headline coming out of that game, and Xavier Rhodes wound up apologizing the next day and. Uh, and the and and the defense was the thing to talk about, but if Adam Thielen was playing in that game against Seattle, I think they win the game. I think they mm-hmm. win the game. It's a shootout, but I think when you have Adam Thielen and you've got the ball three and a half minutes to go down by four, and and uh, and you're trying to get seventy yards to the end zone for a touchdown to go up in that game, you're not then forced to squeeze a ball on second down to Laquan Treadwell or right. third down, whatever it was. Uh, you're not forced to to go to a, a rookie tight end who's really good, Irv Smith, but he was blanket covered. There were it was like Stefan Diggs and nobody else mm-hmm. was reliable in that situation. And so that's one thing that we're not just add this to the list of things that we have to see in order to be more confident about the Vikings' chances to win a Super Bowl. If Adam Thielen can come back in the regular season yeah. and that hamstring is healthy. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense to play him until maybe the Packers game. I don't know if I'd play him against the Chargers. I think you you can beat the Chargers without Adam Thielen. But if that guy comes back, and you've already got, mostly without him for half the season, you've already got yards per play-wise, like the third-best offense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, There's A lot of different metrics would kind of put the Vikings between the third and seventh-best offense in the NFL. And again, that's half the season without one of the best wide receivers in the league. If you add him back in... And Xavier Rhodes is no longer uh, as much of a focal piece on defense. This thing looks even different headed down the stretch. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Phil Mackey, Manny Hill. It's Vikings Vent Line. Let's go to John in Plymouth. You're on the show. Hi. Uh, so this is kind of more of an issue in the Seattle game based off the lack of performance from Detroit today. But the interior defensive line play really, really kind of bothered me. I kind of think that needs to be a point of emphasis down the line for this Vikings team to make a deep run. And also, you kind of touched on this too, but uh, the defensive back play uh, with Xavier Rhodes, do you think a heavier rotation of Mike Hughes in that mix, you know, will like kind of keep each one of them fresh and, I don't know, make them not get, I don't know what the, like, the right word would be, just to keep them fresh and keep making plays out there? Because sometimes I think Xavier, I don't know if his durability issues just kind of gets worn down. And, uh, that's kind of my main point. Yeah. And then, uh, lastly, I think just this is pretty stereotypical for any team, but just kind of the overall health, especially on the offensive side of the ball, because with Thielen out right now, if we lose with the, the Cook shoulder injury, I think we just need one more big player on offense to step up. If we had Thielen in that Seattle game, I think that really would have opened up everything much more. And, yeah, so that's kind of my main point. So, yeah, John, thank you, man. Appreciate the phone call. And to answer his his first point there about Mike Hughes and so another benefit to Xavier Rhodes and Mike Hughes rotating in and out, or maybe it's Trey Waynes that gets a breather once in a while. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna play Xavier Rhodes, 
and he's going to be playing a lot of snaps and thus maybe more fatigued or tired or whatever, if you can only be using him when he's totally fresh, you maximize your chances of him being as good as he can be. Sure. And you guarantee that Mike Hughes is more often fresh on the field too. So there's yeah. there's a lot of benefits to it. Well, and listen, Mike Mike Hughes is a first-round pick. Like, they used a first-round pick on him last year. And his rookie season got cut short because he tore his ACL and there was like another ligament. It was like his MCL or something else that got torn. So it was a pretty, pretty bad injury. And I understand wanting to ease him back into things this year because he's coming off a significant knee injury. But you did invest a first round pick in him. So play him. Play him as, you know, I mean, it's sort of a perfect storm to play him more, right? Like you have. Another former first-round pick who you developed into being one of the best cover corners in the league for a while that has drastically fallen off with his skill set and his ability to to remain that guy, and you you have you combine that with you used a first-round pick on a on a cornerback yep. last year, so play the guy. By Give the way, him more run. San Francisco is about to line up for I don't know like a. 38-yard game-winning field goal here in New Orleans. It uh, looks like something happened here. Yeah, George Kittle caught a pass with like 30 seconds to go and just trudged and stiff-armed his way down the field for like a 35-yard gain and then a face mask on the end of it. It took three Saints defenders and a face mask to pull George Kittle down. And so San Francisco down by one right now, but they're going to kick a chip-shot field goal indoors to uh, to pull off what's going to be, what, a 48-46 to 46 win you over know, the Saints. You know Oof. something, Phil, before we get to this next caller? I'm starting to wonder how difficult it really will be in the playoffs to win in New Orleans. It's not It's not what it, it was a couple years ago. It doesn't ago. seem like it used to be, you know? Going to San Francisco and playing that defense, that's mm-hmm. that's the road environment. And by the way, like Seattle's a tough road environment too, but yep. the Vikings just showed you on Monday night without Adam Thielen the Vi- and with their left tackle concussed and with Dalvin Cook coming out of the game early that they can go, they can lead the game at halftime, and they can go toe to toe and come back in the fourth quarter and have have a chance to win. I'm not saying that they win that game, you know, seven or eight times out of ten, but like Seattle, the Vikings have shown you can go into Seattle, you can go into Lambeau, mm-hmm. um, New Orleans. Not, it's not. I mean, none of these places are ideal to go into, except for Dallas <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, but it's a uh, yeah. I, I think I think at San Francisco is the one that you'd really really like to avoid. Let's go to uh, Titus in Manhattan. You're on Vikings vet line. Yo, what's going on, you guys? What's happening, man? What'd you see today? Um, today I thought it was a good performance uh, on both sides of the ball, and um, I think down the stretch here the Vikings should be uh, pretty good, at least for these regular season games. And the playoffs doesn't worry me that much right now. Um, I think if the Vikings can kind of just get their defense like together um, and just confidently go out there and play well. I don't really think there's a lot of uh, things that can stop us. I don't think there's many teams that can stop us. Um, there are weaknesses in the secondary. Um, today it was, looked fine, but then again, they were playing the Lions. So, But I think if the defense can just stay confident and go out there and do their job, like the, there's no telling that the Vikings can't make it all the way. I mean, look at the Saints and the 49ers. They, I mean, there was no defensive effort today. So yeah, and the 49ers. I think the Vikings can just do that. Yeah, I think they'll be good. Yeah, and the 49ers, thanks for the call, Titus. The 49ers did just beat the Saints on a game-winning yeah. field goal by Robbie Gold. And what, so. and what Titus just said is, is correct if all things are neutral in terms of home field and 
the the Vikings are I don't think they're on San Francisco's level exactly, but they can mm-hmm. beat they can beat anyone in the NFL. I really think the Vikings can beat anyone in the NFL as long as the conditions are in favor of the Vikings in yeah. some of these games. Like playing at home against San Francisco is a big difference. Playing at home against New Orleans or Seattle is a big difference. If you're going to tell me they have to go on the road at New Orleans in any order, right? At New Orleans, at San Francisco, uh, at Seattle, whatever it is, I just don't see them winning three straight road games to get to the Super Bowl. That's so hard. And a lot to ask. If you have to play on grass, the Vikings have not been good on grass. So it is imperative if you want to go deep in the playoffs and play in a Super Bowl, it is imperative that you win the division and guarantee yourself at least one home playoff game. And you can do that. The Packers did not look great against Washington today. But the path to securing a home playoff game and an NFC North title is win the next three, and the Packers have to stumble, likely against Chicago. At some point here, like, the Packers hold tiebreakers. The Vikings have to get the extra game on the Packers, and that's where the head-to-head, you beat the Packers at home, and you can at least even up record-wise. But then they need another Packers loss in there. Somewhere else. We have a couple open phone lines here if, if anyone wants to jump in. 651 646 8255. It's Vikings Vent Line on Score North, the Score North app, live.scorenorth.com. We're also video streaming on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. You can follow us on all of those platforms and also Instagram. Jeff in St. Louis Park, Phil Mackey and Manny Hill here with you. What'd you see today? Well, um, before I start um, uh, talking about the Vikings, I did want to vent about something else in Minnesota football. It's just that um, the bowl announcements came out today, right? They did. Yep. Go, uh, by the way, and just go, Gophers. I'm, and I'm, I'm fine with the bowl game we got. Gophers-Auburn-Outback really Bowl for the audience. Gophers-Auburn-Outback oh. Bowl. There you go. Yeah, sorry. I'm, good, good point. I probably should say that. Um, yeah, and I'm fine with the bowl. I like the opponent. I think it's a legitimate competition, and, and I think it'll be really interesting to see. My only problem is... Why is Penn State going to the Cotton Bowl? Why are they ranked so much higher than us? I mean, we have the same record, and we beat them. I just, it's like on your show when Rami says, the frustrating thing about college football is it's so based on bias. But it just frustrates me that, you know, what's the point of us even playing against Penn State and beating them if, well, it it doesn't matter. We still think that... uh, they're the better team, but we sure. beat them. Well, no, doesn't matter. They're still the better team, and they get to go to the Cotton Bowl. I just think that's it's just one thing I absolutely hate about you know, college football. You know, Jeff, for uh, for throwing a change up here on Vikings Vent Line, we're actually going to reward you as the popcorn caller of the show. Popcorn. You know, I just want to say you already gave me that award once. Oh, and I've got, you're, I've got so, it, you're such like, a great caller. Like, you're such a great caller. I feel caller. like someone else should get it this time, so I will politely. <laughs> All right, fair um, enough. We'll, we'll hold on to it. Thank you for the call. Um, but just we will we will reward another uh, popcorn caller of the the show. But just because I got halfway into the read, uh, popcorn in Minnetonka, you can find them in the upper concourse of the stadium, section three twenty five at every home purple game. Fresh popcorn available in six customer favorite flavors, and uh, we'll still we'll still hand that one out here before the show is over. But all right, quick thing on the Gophers, and then we'll yeah. get back to regularly scheduled Vikings vent line. I get that Penn State and the Gophers finish with the same record, and the Gophers have the head-to-head win. But Penn State, and again, I, I'm I dressed up as PJ Fleck for a week. Okay, I am I am the homerest of Gopher homers there is, and even I will look at Penn State's resume and say their other loss was to Ohio State. 
yeah. which has a chance to win the national championship. So their only two losses were to, at the time, top 10 teams, one of them the best team in the country. They beat Iowa on the road, and they beat Michigan at home, and they played a tougher non-conference schedule because they had Pittsburgh in the mix, and the Gophers had uh, nobody on the level of a Power 5 school. So I understand it. I see it. The Gophers have to prove it next year, the year after. And if they keep doing this, they're going to play in the Cotton Bowl. They're going to they're going to they're going to play in the Big Ten championship game if they keep building this thing. Yeah, and so. hey, Florida got picked for the Orange Bowl over Alabama, and that was largely because Florida beat Auburn, who beat Alabama, because Florida and Alabama didn't play each other this right. year. But you know, Florida got and you know, Florida is obviously a big time program, but you know, Alabama got Alabama's going to play in the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> That's so, amazing. It's been like, a long time, man, since you know, they played in a bowl that, like that. That was a team that was up until the Iron Bowl was going to be in the college football playoff, and yeah. then you know now they're playing in the Citrus Bowl, which is nothing to sneeze at, but still. The question off the top of the show was, what do the Vikings need to do over the next three weeks to make you feel good about their chances to win a Super Bowl? Six five one six four six eight two five five. And I'm just going to read through some of the responses on Twitter here before we get to some more phone calls, Manny. Now, honestly, this is from Bill. Honestly, for the Vikings to win the Super Bowl, the Ravens need to come down a few notches. They look fantastic right now. I think the playoff teams in the NFC look beatable, although it'd be great to have two games at home rather than three on the road. Um, and then uh, Football Guru responds to uh, that thread, says, The Ravens, JFC, have you not watched the 49ers? The path to the Super Bowl is uh, running through Santa Clara. And uh, Pancho says Vikings got to win all three Evan tweets in and just says it's a gif of Adam Thielen. It says this guy's got to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's it's so easy to fall into the trap of analyzing this team week after week after week without one of the best players on the team. I mean, it's imagine if take some of these other teams around the league. Like imagine if you know Rob Gronkowski uh, last year was not part of the equation for a, a chunk of time and like. You weren't factoring him coming back at some point. I mean, Thielen's mm-hmm. value to the Vikings and to Kirk Cousins is uh, exponential. John in Manhattan, you're on Vikings Ventline. What's up, fellas? What's um, happening, man? I uh, So, yeah, I mean, they definitely need to run the table. That's the first step in, in like the, uh, the Super Bowl or be contenders. Uh, but what I need to see is I. it's weird. This is the least excited I've been about possibly 12 and four, you know, like I, I remember 2009, they were 12 and four and what a, what a fun season. And I don't know if it's because the defense looked so leaky or what it is, but it's just like every game it's like, Oh, well, like they, they lose the close ones against the good teams and they beat up on the bad team. And so it's, I need to see uh, a destruction, a dismantling of the chargers. Uh, in, in LA. I need to see a destruction, a dismantling of the Packers who are very, you know, uh, beatable as, as evidenced by the 49ers and, and, and a terrible Redskins team that gave the Vikings fits, also gave the Packers fits, uh, today. And I need to see the final game of the year if, if we're, you know, if we're really gonna, gonna have a chance. I need to see Kirk Cousins exercise whatever demons, you know, he has with the Bears. Whatever, it is about Chicago that, that gets in his head uh, seemingly more than any other team, and he needs to just take them you know, down every single opportunity he has in that game uh, and, and put the team on his back. And that's really what it is. Defense aside, this is a top-five offense in the NFL, 
but it, it needs to look like a top five offense, not just statistically, but, but pass the eye test. Judd always talks about the eye test. I need to see Kirk continue to pass the eye test as a, a quarterback, a Super Bowl level quarterback who's willing to do whatever it takes himself to win the game. John, thank you for the phone call. That's Great good call. stuff there. Yeah. And you you can you can kind of draw a line across the Vikings schedule and um if they've had I mean basically the tough road games on their schedule, they've lost. Yep. They've won all their home games. Their losses are at Green Bay. They should have won that game, if not for Kirk Cousins throwing an interception. <laughs> inexplicably on first and goal in that spot, or if they just yep. run the ball. They win that game if they just run the ball. They come yeah, back from down they three were scores. gouging the Packers' defense on the ground. Yep. Day. Uh, they lost, their worst loss is at Chicago, just knowing how the rest of the Bears' season is played. And Chicago has kind of had a resurgence here, but Chicago is just a very mediocre team. Mm-hmm. And losing at Chicago is not a crime, but losing the way that they did and just getting embarrassed, Yeah, they just the didn't crime. show up that day. That was the worst game of the year, I think, that they played on both sides of the ball, really. Even though they only gave up 16 points, but you know, Chase Daniel is just sort of doing whatever he wants against you, against your defense, and the offense was just a that was that was the lowest point of the of the year for the offense was in Chicago. Yeah, and it was against a backup quarterback. They've had yep. two losses against backup quarterbacks. The other one was at Kansas City against Matt Moore, and that's another game where Adam Thielen did not play in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the Vikings had the ball a couple times late with a chance to to win the game. I don't I don't love that loss. If it, if if Pat Mahomes was playing in that game, okay, that's an excusable loss. And then the Seattle game, again, without Adam Thielen, and you got the ball down by four points with three and a half minutes to go. It's kind of a 50-50 situation. You'd like them to you know, to win a couple of these coin flips yeah. and do some things to, to just take over the, uh, the game. But uh, I, don't, I don't look and say, like, this is where I disagree with the last caller. He said he needs to see a dismantling of the Chargers. Okay, like, that's a road game. It's just beat the Chargers on the road. Mm-hmm. And then where I really disagree is he said a dismantling of the Packers. The Packers are a good team. Are they on yeah. the level of San Francisco? No. But they have Aaron Rodgers still, and maybe he's not the same guy he was five years ago. But I just expect them to win the next three. I don't need style points necessarily. I want it to look fairly uh like I want it to look fairly aesthetically pleasing, but I'm not calling for blowouts here in the last three games. I just want to see Adam Thielen come back and I want to see you hang three victories the rest of the month. Yeah, the Vikings just need to win these last three games, and you have to, if you're them, you have to hope that the Packers stumble in another game. Um, I think the best candidate for that game for the Packers to stumble would be next week when they host the Bears, because the Bears are playing a little bit better. I'm not, I would not bet on the Bears winning that game, but I think if if the Vikings are going to win the division, Obviously, they have to win out, and they have to hope the Packers stumble. And I think the most likely candidate for the for the Packers to stumble outside of coming here and losing to the Vikings would be, I think, next week when they host Chicago. Yeah, six five one six four six eight two five five. Let's go to a Kevin and Ham Lake. You're on Vikings Vent Line, Kevin. Hey, gentlemen, good win for the Vikings. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. Yep. You ask uh, what could uh, make me excited, get me excited for the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. There's nothing. The reason is I've been a Viking fan for 46 years. I had season tickets during the strike season, and I sat my butt in the seat and watched awful football. I watched Isaac Holt give up a fourth and 17. I watched Blair Walsh go wide left. I've been through it all. I, I am the epitome of a miserable Viking fan. You want to give me some hope? Win out. Get home field advantage and win your first playoff game. Then I can get excited again. 
but my heart just doesn't see it. We don't have defensive backs that play the football. Turn your head around, locate the ball, and make a play on the ball. None of our backs do that. It wasn't until Harrison Smith made an interception today that I went, we can actually make an interception again? This is ridiculous. I thought Zimmer was the defensive back guru. It's not happening for me. With regard to the offense, they did just enough today to win a game. They didn't blow me away. They didn't excite me. So, you know, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin I know I know it can cheer you up, man. As a 46-year-long suffering <laughs> Vikings fan, how about some popped corn from our friends in Minnetonka? We'll get you some free popped corn, all right? We'll uh, we'll throw you on hold and AJ will get your information. So, let's go uh Kevin from Ham Lake is our popped corn caller of the show mostly because he just needs to be cheered up after that phone call. Let's go a rough to, ride. Let's go to Grand Forks. Josh and Grand Forks, you're on Vikings vent line. Hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing all right, man. What did you see today? What and and most importantly, what would give you, what would give you a pretty good feeling that the Vikings could compete for a Super Bowl here the rest of the way? Ooh, man, putting the questions on me. I wasn't expecting that. I was going to give you guys a question. You can, yeah. You well, it'll be a trade off here. You answer ours, and then we'll answer yours. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Um, the way I feel about it, like this win, honestly, was like kind of a snooze fest win. It was very boring win. And it's like, yeah, whatever. We got it done. You know, the Lions weren't supposed to win. We got it. But overall, I still have high hopes. And it kind of leads into one of my questions is because I want, and I think they can, I want the Vikings to run the table. And one of the questions I have for you is what if, what if Green Bay, San Fran, Seattle and the Vikings all end up twelve and four. Talk about an amazing end of the year like kerfuffle for like the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean if, if if that happens, thank you for the phone call. If that happens, the Packers have the tiebreaker over the Vikings for the division, right? Because the Packers would have a better division record, mm-hmm. and then uh, the the other team that would factor into the Niners Vikings equation is Seattle. If is does Seattle also have a twelve and four record? In which case, right. there'd have to be a tiebreaker between them and San Francisco. But it, but and they're going to play the last game of the season. The Niners and yeah. Seahawks will. But let's say it's a it's a wild card tiebreaker between San Francisco and the Vikings. You were looking this up earlier, Manny. Mm-hmm. It would be a conference record tiebreaker. Correct, and San Francisco yeah. has a better conference record right now than the Vikings, yeah, I believe. The Vikings are, I was looking at this before uh, before the game was over today. I believe the Vikings are now 7-3 and three they against, are. Uh, against the NFC, and the Niners with their win in New Orleans today are now 8-1 and one against the NFC. Yeah, so you'd need the Niners so. to drop two conference games in the last three here, uh, which, by the way, yeah. I mean, it's not totally unreasonable. They do have a game like you said against Seattle. So their schedule is Falcons, Rams, Seahawks. But that would only, I mean we're only thinking about that from the standpoint of who would get the six and who would get the five. Seeds, which, basically. which could be the difference, well which, which will be the difference between yeah. like you, you want to play Dallas or Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to get stuck playing because there's going to be five awesome teams from the NFC in the playoffs. And I think Dallas, if if Dallas gets a, a fire lit under them by firing Jason Garrett, like, right. that's a great roster. And they have they actually have like the fourth, make it the third best point differential in the NFC. 
Yeah. Uh, if you rank teams based on point differential, it's San Francisco, Minnesota, and Dallas. Dallas is a crazy talented team. They just have a buffoon at head coach, and that's why they're six and seven. Yeah. So I mean, and and we saw the Vikings already go in there and and win there. So if you're the Vikings, you would definitely take your chances if that's the matchup. But you would have to get the five seed because if you get the six, then you're more than likely going to Green Bay. Or, I mean, listen, the Packers are ten and three. The Saints just dropped to ten and three. You think the Packers aren't also thinking about not only winning the division but maybe trying to get a first round bye as well? For sure, you know, and Seattle's right in, right there in that mix too. So yeah going to be interesting it is it's going to be a super fun stretch run here and the vikings are right in the thick of it that's manny hill i'm phil Mackey, and aj's taking your calls at 651-646-8255 this is vikings vet line on score north the score north mobile app and also video streaming on twitter facebook and twitch you can follow us on all of those social media platforms and also instagram and youtube we'll come back we'll take more of your calls and the question of the show is what needs to happen for you to feel confident the next few weeks here, that the Vikings can win the Super Bowl. Vikings vet line rolls on. And the Vikings with a 20-7 to victory over the Detroit Lions today, and it felt like it was 42-7. to the, the Vikings were in no danger at any point in this game. couple things to nitpick here and there, and we're taking your calls at 651-646-8255. Uh, just a few more minutes left here of Vikings vet line with Phil Mackey, Manny Hill, and A.J. Fredrickson. Taking your calls. Yards per play, Vikings 5.1, Lions 3.4, and that was way worse before garbage time, before the Vikings shut it down and took uh, just took their foot off the gas, and the Lions gained like 100 yards in garbage time. Uh, but AJ has a question from our Twitter, or from our Twitch chat. By the way, we're video streaming this on uh, Twitch, Twitter, and on Facebook. So uh, somebody had an interesting question we should bring to the air here, though, during the commercial break. Yeah, Ryan7176 uh, kind of sided with our very own Judd Zolget with the officiating crew, Walt Anderson and his crew, skyrocketing with like 20 averaging penalties per week in the NFL. Do you guys think the officiating kind of bogged down a game that was maybe not the most exciting to watch when you have other games that are, you know, 40 to 45 going on? It did in the first half. Yep. And they were on pace for the 20 because they had 10 in the first half, but they wound up only calling like two or three penalties in the second half. So good on Walt Anderson's crew yeah. for backing off the uh, the flag-happy nature that they've been uh, known as. Walt and, crew, Walt and his crew might have got a phone call at halftime. Yeah, you guys <laughs> just get out of Dodge. This is ridiculous. I mean, to go from that wonderful flowing Seattle game on Monday night where there were only, I believe, three or four enforced penalties. Yeah. And you're watching two teams just throw haymakers back and forth, and the players are deciding it, and then this officiating crew comes in in the first half. It's like you you don't have to call everything you see, okay? Yeah. Your, your job is to make sure that the game isn't being drastically altered by penalties, okay? Well, well you, remember, you remember the first Vikings-Lions game at Ford Field earlier this year. There was sort of this... Blitzkrieg of penalties in the first half of that game too, and I know Judd's theory was that somebody made the call because that was the week after the Lions lost that controversial game to the Packers with yeah. the Trey Flowers hands to the face stuff, and Judd's theory was that the NFL <laughs> called that officiating crew. I don't think it was Walt Anderson's crew, but they called that crew at halftime and said, "Okay, this is a joke. Enough. Like, get it together." Yeah, you know, and it seemed like that was kind of the same thing that happened today too. Let's go back to the phone lines here. 651-646-8255. Kurt in Minneapolis, you're on Ventline. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Once again, you guys are great. Just love the show. You make winning 
and losing so much funner. Dude, Kurt, thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate you. It, yeah. uh, today, you know, they, I think really for the first time, they kind of just went out and did what they were supposed to. Went out and beat a team, three and eight, pretty early on. Um, you know, and got it done. So that's they, they did that. And for what it's worth, you know, after Monday, after the Seattle game, after really not being able to win, there's one more game that we really want to win this year, it's, you know, and that's Green Bay. We want to win them all. We want to win Green Bay. Just, I, you know, I, I just want to get into the playoffs. I want to get in. I want to see if we can put a couple things together, and that's this awesome running game, improve our defense a little bit, and just duke it out in the playoffs. That's all I want. Well, you're going to – Kurt, thank you for the phone call. You're going to get playoffs at this point. I think so, yeah. It would be you'd, – you'd almost have to lose your next three because I don't think Chicago's going to win out, and I don't think the the Rams have a brutal schedule. I don't think the Rams are going to win out. So, like, at this point, 10-6 and six probably gets you into the playoffs if you're the Vikings. So you're, you're going to get yeah. that, Kurt. Yeah, I think the Rams have – who do the Rams have left? The Rams are playing right now, right? Um, the Rams are no. The Rams are playing. The Rams are hosting Seattle tonight on yes. Sunday Night Football. Okay, and then they're at Dallas next week. Then they're at San Francisco, and then they close out against Arizona. So yeah, no, so. no gimmies. Well, one gimme kind of at the end of yeah. the season. And the yeah. Bears. The only way the Bears will, I think, be a threat is if they win in Green Bay next week. And if you're a Vikings fan, that's kind of what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're still trying to win the division. Yeah, you need the Bears to beat the Packers, but then, like, kind of not go too crazy winning yeah. all their games. Yeah. Let's go to Matt in Maplewood. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, man. What'd you see today? Um, It was a pretty pretty slow game. Um, I know you guys mentioned, I kind of just tuned in, but I heard you guys' question was um, what I'd have to, like, see from the Vikings to prove that they can be some kind of Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Was it that? Yep. Um, I saw that Holton Hill was playing some more. I don't know if Jayon Curse was out there anymore, but I saw after Rhodes got hurt, we subbed it, subbed it out and looked. Secondary got better. I know we're playing a lot of zone, but um, that's what I saw. I the secondary looked better, and I hope they tightened it up a little bit more. But that's what I saw. Um, but yeah, Matt, thank thank you for the phone call. Let's keep rolling through some of these. Uh, let's go to Garrett in South Dakota. Hey, Garrett, you're on Vikings hey, Vetline. Good man. Hey, uh, yeah, just to answer your question, uh, one thing that I kind of want to see to keep me excited is obviously see them actually clinch a playoff spot. I mean, if they do lose all three, it's kind of a wasted season. Uh, but my second point is I do think that Adam Thielen needs to play next week. I don't know if he necessarily needs to be a factor in the game, but just seeing him on the field, seeing that he's actually healthy enough to play would be huge because with a hamstring – I mean, that's going to take him at least a couple of weeks to get back 100%, you know, to play on the field. But I just I need to see him play, whether it's more of a decoy. Maybe it'll help Stephon Diggs get open a little bit more. And then lastly, um, special teams have been playing phenomenal this year. Uh, our punt team hasn't allowed a touchback, and Dan Bailey's only missed a handful of kicks. I know as a Vikings fan I should say that. But yeah, knock on – hold on, hold on. <laughs> Knock on wood there. Just uh but, I mean, fate. from years past, I mean our special teams has been playing really well this year, maybe not so much punt return, kick return. But I just as far as our punting with Colquitt and kicking with Bailey, it's been to me one of the better seasons that they've had on special teams for a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, uh, thank you for the phone call, uh, Garrett. Um, on the Thielen front, I don't need to see him next week. I'd like to see him for the Green Bay and Chicago games. Yeah. Because I think they can beat the Chargers without Adam Thielen. So you, uh, you, you, you come back for the Green Bay game, you come back for the Chicago game, and right into the playoffs with Adam Thielen, I'm, I'm feeling better. In that circumstance. I think with Adam Thielen, I think if he's healthy enough to play next week, then you play him. But hamstrings are tricky, man. Yeah. Hamstrings are so tricky, and you have to be really, really, really careful. You you can't bring a guy back off of a hamstring injury unless he is unless that injury is gone for good. Because if it's not, you always run that risk of tweaking it again. And then if 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 they play Adam Thielen next week and he tweaks the hamstring again, it's probably done for the year. Like including playoffs. Yep, that's why I wait. So yeah. I mean I if if he's if he's a hundred percent and I wouldn't ask I wouldn't ask him. I would let the doctors evaluate him and everything. If he's a hundred percent then then play him next week. Yep. But if he's not I would I would sit him until until Green Bay in two weeks. That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey, and you are listening to AM 1500 KSTP Score North, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And let's let Ben in Minneapolis have the final word here after a Vikings blowout. Kind of, it was a blowout in the way it felt, but 20 to seven win over the Lions. Ben, go ahead. Yeah, thanks, guys, for taking my call. Um, I know we talked a lot about advantage of home playoff games versus away games. But, man, I'm just a big proponent for um, getting in the playoffs and having a shot. Um, I think as Vikings fans, that's what we need to be cheering for. Um, I'm only in my 20s, so I haven't been alive for the full Vikings disappointment history. Um, But, you know, I can think of the 2000 Ravens. I can think of um, the 2005 Steelers, uh, 2010 Packers. All those teams were wild card teams, and I mean, if we get in as a five or six seed, uh, so be it. But we at least got a shot, and I'm excited at nine and four now, or nine and three, whatever we are, that we have a shot, and we're going to be watching some playoff football in, in January here. So I'll hang up. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks, Ben. That's the one amazing thing, Manny, is like yeah. this team is trajecting toward. Is that a word? Trajecting, trajecting toward eleven and five or twelve and four, <laughs> and it just. Because the rest of the top of the NFC is so stacked and they're all off to these like 14 and 2, 13 and 3 paces. Yeah. You're going to wind up feeling a little bit dirty as a Vikings fan if they get a wild card and they have to play road games all throughout at 12 and 4, which is very yeah. much play right now for the Vikings. Yeah. Well, I, I will say the, the Ravens in 2000 were a wild card team, but they had a home game in the first round because back then the, um, the league only had three three divisions in both conferences. Yeah. So the Ravens were a four seed. They finished second in that division to the Titans, who they went on to uh, beat in the divisional round um, that year. And of course, they went on to the Super Bowl. But but yeah, he was right about the Steelers. Went on the road all the way in 05, and the Packers in 2010 did the same thing. So it's possible. It's just a, really a lot to ask. Yep. Well, a lot, a lot on the line the next few weeks here. And we appreciate you choosing to score north here for Vikings Ventline. And don't forget, Vikings Ventline is also five days a week, Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock on Mondays and 11 o'clock on uh, Tuesday through Friday. Purple Daily with Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels, Courtney Cronin, Alex Boone. 
is 2 to 4 o'clock. You can also find Scornorth Live at noon. Mackie and Chubb with Rami. That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. Thanks to all of you guys calling in and AJ for taking the phone calls. Vikings Ventline, on demand anywhere you find podcasts. Scornorth app, Apple, or Spotify. And we'll see you next week for a Vikings no longer primetime, but uh, mid-afternoon game against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Have a good day.